Oh, yes, I do have an autographed picture of Donald Rubs. There you go. Turn left, go straight. Thasophobia? Afraid of girls with fat thighs. (laughs) Turn right, straight. Uh, What do they call it there in Michigan? Poverty. (laughs) Poverty, right. Yeah. Okay, it's re- it's recording now. Okay. So hopefully we have two minutes of cicadas. We'll we'll have to see, or or drinking or whatnot. Maybe I'll have to drink some more. <laughs> you might have to. <laughs> anyway, well that that'd be sad if we missed all that cicada time. Well, there you go. <laughs> it's a hard life. It is really. We are we are. Re- well, they say nothing but is it- ever lost on the internet, so <laughs> somebody's recording it. <laughs> I'm talking to you, CIA. <laughs> That's right. Well, um, I I don't know about you, but I'm subversive, so <laughs> you got a file, huh? I I hope I have a file. I would like to think that at the very least, I irritated somebody who worked for George Bush. You know, maybe if I'm really lucky, Dick Cheney is. Well, you got your Dick Cheney poster, so <laughs> I do. Or is that? Oh, Rumsfeld. Sorry. Oh, yes, I do have an autographed picture of Donald Rubs. There right you there. go. And really, who could want anything more? <laughs> so, what do you got so, for us this week? The first thing on my note is uh, Obama declares the end of war on terror. And I wondered what your take was on that. Well, I, I saw a little bit of the counterterrorism uh, speech there, about uh, 30 minutes or so of it. And... Uh, uh, I thought he spoke very well, and I, he, I think he makes a lot of good points. And what he's saying is, is that uh, the the type of war that we're in is not a per, it should not be a perpetual war, and it's much like now with the um, with what we've done in Afghanistan and the dismantling of uh, Al Qaeda. That it's much like it was before, uh, and he mentioned that we've had terrorist attacks in the 80s and, and in the 90s and the 9-11 changed the nature of it and we fought that for 10 years and now we're getting back to where we were before. It's still a serious thing but um, But it doesn't merit war status. Right. And it doesn't, it is not something that should continue on ad infinitum. And he also mentioned I, something that I think American people just don't seem to, in large part, get through their head that you can't stop every crazy person? No, and you can't declare war on everything. You know, Richard Nixon declaring war on drugs. And I don't know. There's, there's, we've had a, we, uh, Lyndon Johnson declaring war on poverty. You know, I, I mean, when did Congress authorize the use of force on poverty? Kind of cheapens the word, doesn't it? Well, yeah, and and that goes back to like what I was saying last week that war is bad. I, I think we need to leave that word being very important and powerful. So yeah, I agree. It was uh, it was an excellent speech. If you uh, ever have a chance, go over to C-SPAN, and it's an hour long. Yeah, I didn't see all of it. I saw the highlights, you know, as as pulled apart by American media. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was important, and I thought it was powerful. I thought it was great that he said that we should unauthorize the use of force. The uh, 
what was it, the UFMA or something, the uh, AFMU authorization for use of force, I forget. Mm -hmm. uh, because we don't declare war on anything because Congress has the, no balls for saying we're, we're, you know, we declare war on Afghanistan. So they authorize for the president to use military force in Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but when does that end? I think it was really cool that he said Congress needs to, to wrap that up. I also think it was wise, first, to lay it on Congress, and secondly, not to do it immediately because we are still using military force. Plus, he said we're going to put the drone program in the military, mm -hmm. which you and I talked about last week, I think. We've definitely um, talked about that. And and the most important thing about it may be that the president said, here, you've given me too much power. I'm handing back some power. And, and it's unheard it, of. Yeah. Once again, it made it, it made him really cool in my eyes. Uh, um, I just think it's it's spectacularly great. It's the thing we wanted him to do, you know, to end the wars, to be cool. Um, he's been not very cool, in my opinion, with some of the the extensive use of drones. Um, kind of goes against the whole Nobel Prize for Peace, and that and he sounded like a a Nobel Peace Prize winner this week, and I, I thought it was important and powerful and worth speaking about on the podcast. Mm -hmm. And uh, like I said, I watched uh, at least 30 minutes of it. I couldn't couldn't find the time to get to the rest of it, but I will. Yeah. I have it bookmarked. I just think it's a good thing. It's, it, it made me like him again. And um, so the next thing on, this, on the topic is Getmo. Getmo, yes. <laughs> and I'll throw that to you because... I don't want to handle it. It's a well, tough question. Well, uh, I think it's kind of interesting that uh, – he. how do I put this? Um, he tried to close it when he first came into office. Right. Uh, the reasons being uh, uh, diverse, but, I mean, one of the reasons was that it's a lightning rod for recruiting uh, terrorists that want to do us harm. Right. And uh, the other is that we really shouldn't be in the business of locking people up forever without any kind of legal remedy to get out of it. I mean, some of these people have been there with no trial or no anything for 10 plus years. Some of them are probably really bad people, but are all of them? I don't know. Well, I, I heard I was listening to The New Yorker again. I can't promote it enough. And they were saying that there's like 86 people that were already prepared for release that we pretty much figured out were not, at the time we captured them, dangerous threats to America. Mm -hmm. There's Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, who is a dangerous threat to America, but who we waterboarded 180 million times. And we can't try him because... We've already inflicted cruel and unusual punishment on them. I don't care what Scalia says. Mm -hmm. um, there are people like that. Um, somebody said today, or, or I heard somebody saying today that it, this can't go on forever, which is one of the dumber things I've heard in a while because, one, they're on hunger strike, 103 of these mm -hmm. people. 
and none of us can go on forever. So the idea that we're going to get rid of Gitmo by just keeping them till they die seems a little weak as a policy. The the other thing that has always uh, fascinated me about Gitmo is it's a military base in Cuba. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, just weird to think about that. And my guess, and I'm, I may be wrong, is that we captured that little chunk of land during the Spanish-American War? Well, we have one of those 99-year lease thingies on it, I guess. Oh, is that right? Something we like, bought it? Well, or we leased rented it, it? Yeah, something like that before uh, <laughs> Castro came in, and so we got a... I don't know. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> so, so that we, we rented it under Bautista, and then Castro just... Hasn't had the chops to be able to throw us out. Yeah, so it's weird. We've got a big old military base sitting on the island of Cuba. Of, of one of our most significant opponents for the last 60 years. Yeah, it's it's just weird. Uh, it's stupid and crazy. <laughs> uh, and the the thing that got me is that uh, he tried to close, Obama tried to close it down and was blocked vehemently by the Republican uh uh, members of Congress. They wouldn't let him close it. And then they come and say, see, he lied about his campaign promise to close it. Well, come so on. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a yeah. break. They had a whole prison in, like, I forget where it was, Minnesota or some yeah, place. Yeah, I think North Dakota. North Dakota. And, like, um, it was built and then they, they really didn't have the use for it that they thought they right. had or something. And there's this big maximum security prison, and they were all excited about getting to use it for yeah. that. And, you know, to tell you the truth, if I wanted to punish your typical um, terrorist, yeah, terrorist uh, I would send them someplace cold like North Dakota would really. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got them running around in an environment that they're probably really used to or something, but I don't know. I'm being well, <laughs> nasty no, there. You're, you're being silly, but at the same time, Cuba is known for one of the best environments, the best weather situations in the world, outside of the occasional hurricane. Yeah, but I would have, but, I would have packed them up and sent them off to North Dakota. That would be a deterrent, I would think. Say, oh, North Dakota yeah. for the rest of my life. Not well. They're, from- they're talking about but, putting them in supermax prisons, and no one's ever escaped from a supermax prison. Um, this will be a spoiler alert, so don't listen if you don't want to. In the TV show put on by Showtime, uh, Homeland. Yeah, I've heard of that show. Oh, my God. You have to watch it. Well, I'd, I'd like to. I don't have Homebox. Oh, well, uh, <laughs> I'll have to send you the files. There you go. I, I have them, and, and I can make them show up on your computer. Well, I've, uh, I've seen um, it's supposed to be really good. That's all I know. And at the the risk of giving one of the plots away for one of the episodes, there is a person who is in a supermax prison, a terrorist, who just wants to die mm-hmm. because they're in a supermax prison. The bed is sort of you know steel and built into the wall. The toilet. It is steel and built into the wall. There's a stool in there. Mm-hmm. There's nothing. There's no. There's not even something that you can hit yourself over the head with. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you ever? And it's go ahead. It's underground. 
in at least where this person was being kept. And imagine being in a cell that's sterile and steel for the rest of your life. Yeah, that, that's a terrible, terrible punishment. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, it, I, that's the. Uh, I'd rather uh, the death <laughs> be put to death than do that. Right. Give me the fucking needle. Absolutely. Uh, you know what's funny is I was watching Star Trek the other day, and I'm looking. They got somebody they threw in the brig if, uh, every once in a while. They do that, and they got the little force field and everything. I uh, love the force field, <laughs> but not as much as the sliding doors. <laughs> but I was looking, and I'm going, and I just realized this. I said, you know, there's no toilets in their brig. Where do these people are in the future? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, they, they beam it out their bladder. I guess. <laughs> I'm going, that's like the most sparse cell I've ever seen. There's nothing there but a bed. <laughs> that's an interesting question. I, I, they didn't do a lot of, of toilet explanation in Star Trek. No, but... <laughs> oh, well. I, I don't really feel cheated by that, though. I, I, I'm okay with that. Sometimes, some weird things catch my attention once in a while. Yeah, no, that's fine. Um... You know, another excellent use of the transporter. Is to... <laughs> there you go. So what else you got today? Well, among the things that were news this week, maybe you saw it. Um, maybe you're not aware of my particular feelings about the Boy Scouts. Mm -hmm. But they've, they've grown decidedly negative over the years. And the Boy Scouts this week decided that it was acceptable to be gay until you're 18. Until you're 18, you can't be a leader. Right. And I wondered if you had an opinion on that. Well, they're taking an awful long time to grow up. That's all I got to say. So, is it a good thing because they've expanded their field of... I don't even know how to say it. Their acceptance? Yeah. Well, it's, it's an evolution and baby steps i guess is the yeah. best you can can say about it but that that's not going to last for too too long they they've got to adapt you know I, this whole all, thing about gays you know uh, how do i say this that they're somehow going to perpetrate more crimes against uh, sexual abuse against uh, kids than uh straights well that's right. crap Right. So. Well, yeah, yeah it, it's been proven to be crap, just like it's been proven beyond any doubt that, that gay parents typically raise wonderful kids. Mm -hmm. I, I suppose that there are probably gay people who have, you know, marital squabbles and mm -hmm. fights and all of this stuff. But actually, my impression, not based on science, is that, that they tend to get along better than heterosexual couples and and raise healthy kids. Well, I think uh, to uh, put yourself in that situation uh, is a lot uh, more serious. You have to really decide you want to get married because you know that it's a you know still still got some social stigma. Right. So right. it's probably more they're more together. Yeah, and I don't know a lot of gay couples. Um, and I, frankly, I don't know any gay couples that have raised kids, mm -hmm. but the gay people that I know, I like. And, and the interesting thing to me is my very conservative uncle uh, had, had some gay neighbors that, that bought the house out behind his house. Mm -hmm. 
and he said they take really good care of their house <laughs> and they're nice mm -hmm. you know they're good neighbors but, yeah they're good neighbors and 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 he was so mellow they were they were they were female I, this is a problem that i have why do we need lgbt why do why why do we have to have <laughs> gays and lesbians can we just call them all gays uh i don't know why but they can call themselves anything they want yeah yeah it's true I, they could call themselves but yeah we're getting you know, pretty uh have to have the correct label on all of uh right and i you know i don't i don't hate it it's fine you can, you can call yourself a a ford falcon if you want a, a buick regal i don't care mm -hmm. just i don't know it's it, i heard somebody else go Two, one or two more letters beyond LGBT the other day, and I couldn't remember what they were. <laughs> then you got to look it up and say, hmm, I didn't even know that, yeah. you know? Right. <laughs> How many variations are there? Uh, and, and I don't care. I, you know, I think, I've, maybe I've told you this. My philosophy is the Bill and Ted philosophy. No. I think that if everyone followed Bill and Ted's excellent example, that the world would be a better place and just be excellent to each other. Well, that's one theory. <laughs> I think that's kind of what Jesus Christ was saying back 2,000 years ago. You know, mm -hmm. just be excellent to each other. So, you know, Bill and Ted, Jesus Christ, whatever. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm with that. That's good. And and clearly, clearly, even among conservatives, gay rights is is a growing issue, and it it's all over. But the shouting. We're up to twelve states now that have that have mm -hmm. produced gay marriage uh, acceptance laws, and you know it's a done deal. Mm -hmm. I think so. Speaking of which, is uh, the um, uh, immigration law had a gay component of it that was taken out this week that that got put got fought back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm interested in your opinion of Lindsey Graham because he was among the people that said we got to take that out. Well, it's really kind of funny because uh, Lindsey Graham uh, was somebody I vehemently hated uh, yeah. way back when in the Clinton, in the Clinton impeachment, impeachment. It was like, you son of a gun, you know. Yeah. And uh, the, I was watching him today, and I said, you know, it's really sad when I think of Lindsey Graham as one of the more rational Republicans. <laughs> I'm going, things are in deep shit. Yeah. You know, I I think he, he may have a gay relationship going on. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> John McCain of Arizona. But I believe I heard that Lindsey Graham was at one point a JAG lawyer. Oh, Okay. He's a smart guy. He's a weird guy. He digs his heels in on some odd things, but well, at least you know, at least he seems to be arguing from a better, uh, a richer perspective, or not perspective, but depth of knowledge. I don't think he's an idiot. No, uh, and and you. Oh, I I I need to make a correction because I told you he wasn't a senator, and you said Louis Gohmert. I said he was, and you you said, well, if it's Louis Gohmert, he's a representative. And you were right, and the idiot that I was talking about was actually Louis Gohmert, and he is a representative, and 
some god forgotten state in the middle of nowhere i told my my wife i said i i think he's a representative from texas i said i'm very tempted to just move there so i can vote against him and ted cruz <laughs> all in one shot yeah <laughs> and you you have to ask yourself who votes for this man well, what do they think one of the one percent that thought obama was the devil there so right there's, there's always going <laughs> to be somebody fun. <laughs> I think he's the Antichrist, and I like him <laughs> from last week. Uh, uh, but anyhow, anyway, yeah, that it got passed out of committee, and uh, they were all excited and stuff. And I'm going, yeah, that's a real big deal. <laughs> you got it out of committee. You haven't even got it to the Senate floor, much less put to the uh, the House. Right. I mean, that's a dead deal. That thing is, it, it, if they get something through, it's going to be crap. And and I read the stuff about the path to citizenship, and it's yeah. it's like thirteen years, and you got to pay thousands of dollars of fines and all this stuff. I, it's like wow. I know someone who is an immigration lawyer, mm -hmm. and, and I asked her about this law, and and she said in her office they call it the ILRCA. Uh -huh. Immigration Lawyers uh, Retirement Act. Because <laughs> if they pass that, 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 they'll never have to worry about work again. It's. It, I just read it and I'm going, wow. Yeah, uh, but it will pass. I, I don't think there's any doubt about it. it. In some form, it will pass because, and this is the interesting thing. The Republicans feel that they need it because they need Hispanic votes. Irrespective of Asian and South Asian votes, which they also got crushed in in the last presidential, but they they can see the fact, and I think it's there's it, a little bias against Catholics there because generally Hispanics are Catholic, and generally Catholics make a lot of Catholics, and. They just look at the demographics and say, you know, if we don't start making these people like us, you know, we'll never be president again. But the way they're distressing and distorting this bill, I don't know that they're going to make that many Hispanic no, friends. I, I don't either. I've been reading stuff about it, and I'm going, this is not all. The, the, only, the only piece of it I like, uh, more or less, is that we should have a guest worker program. Oh yeah, the, uh, and that that makes sense to have. Sure. Uh, I don't know why we don't have one, and we also should have a program that anybody uh, getting an advanced degree from one of our schools uh, gets a green gets card. a green card. Right. Instantly. I, I, that's so. Of course, I was going to say that's so obviously wise that there's no way anyone could be against it. But, but so many other things that we've seen that have been obviously wise, and the Republicans have been against it anyway. Well, um, I think that uh, the Congress is more interested in talking about Benghazi's and uh, IRS and AP reporters that getting to something worth doing is. I mean, we have, like I said, we haven't talked about the House yet, and they're totally opposed to any path to citizenship at all. Yeah, but what's going to happen in the House is that the Tan Man is is going to. 
take all of the Democrats and, you know, 30% of his Republican House members and pass it. Well, it's going to get through the House. If Boehner bring, can bring it up. He will. He will. This is what I've heard among the experts I've listened to. And it to me, they have to go there. They have to say we've made an effort to, you know, bring Hispanics into the fold. Well, I think the point you made before, though, is just passing a crappy bill doesn't bring that demographic to your side. It's It looked like a crappy bill to me. Because but these people are stupid. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they may be stupid, but I don't think the Hispanics that see it are going to think it was a very great thing. No, the Hispanics will think it's stupid. So, but the Republicans think will think the Hispanics will like them. Well, yeah, exactly. So, anyhow, my prediction is it won't get passed, but uh, I can understand you thinking that it would. All right. Well, well, well. We'll have to put a little red stag wager on that. Yeah. <laughs> see, see whether uh, they actually pass it. I guess not, the fact that they couldn't do thing one with guns. Yeah. Um, they can't. They haven't done anything other than vote to repeal Obamacare this year, as far as I can tell. <laughs> but that's what they want. That that's that Reagan idea that government is bad. <laughs> And, of course, we had a bridge collapse oh, in yeah. Washington. Um, and and uh, the, the, and there was this big number, which I think is, is bogus, that there are 60,000 structurally deficient bridges in the United States. Well, it said one out of ten. So. But what they mean by structurally deficient is they would not build them the same way if they were building them today. Mm. Now, if you run into a bridge with an oversized load and you knock down a span... That's because you hit the bridge with an oversized load. Don't <laughs> do that. True. True. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of bad bridges. And, and we damn well ought to fix our roads in our water systems. And, the, and, and we ought to spend a lot of money. But we also, while we're at it, ought to not be closing public schools. And we ought to spend more money on education. And all of these things that the Republicans don't want to do. And the Republican voters seem to think are good things to not do while the rich people are saving more of their money and the middle class is getting smaller. I saw in uh, the news that Detroit this week is going to sell off all their art because of that. Um, well, they're getting it appraised to sell it off. My, yeah. my wife is correcting me. So Okay. So um, that's that. Uh, what do they call it there in Michigan? Where, poverty, <laughs> poverty, right? But where they where they uh, come and kick out the all the elected officials and put a financial manager in? Oh yeah, yeah, I know what you mean, and I don't know the word either. Uh, but uh, so manager, they they put in a manager. Financial yeah. manager. So you sit there and you vote for your mayor and you vote for your uh, councilman, right. uh, city councilman, whatever they want to call them, and uh, uh, the state comes in and says, "Screw you," uh, and put some unelected dork in there that has ultimate power with nobody to check him. He can do anything he wants. He or she can do anything right. they want. Wow. Is, yeah. <laughs> these, this is from patriots and... Right, right, right. You think this is anti-democratic? Holy mackerels. That's like... And they've been doing it all over. And it's generally right. hitting minorities because a lot of these are cities that have been decimated by 
the, the white flight. Yeah, the the flight to the suburbs, the uh, home mortgage d- destruction, the Rust Belt. Right. And uh, I don't know, yeah. it just seems like yeah. a a thing that anybody who was interested in democracy would go. You got to be kidding me! And it's like, it's little... hey, no problem. These are democratic areas. <laughs> Right, right, right. There's, there's a lot of cities that are that are going through that. I think Those Scranton people can't uh, manage their stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an interesting political dilemma. I, I there's something to be said for being efficient, but there's something to be said for democracy too. But yeah, there's there's a there's there's a growing number of Republican governors, and and they they seem to be throwing out. Elected Democrats, not democratically elected, but elected Democrats in, in, in favor of city managers, mm-hmm. and then they're 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 selling the rights to the coin-operated parking meters and that shit. Uh, yeah, it it feels a little wrong. Interesting, but that that was interesting about selling all their art. So I have another topic here that I wanted to get to real quick. You know who Ron Paul is? Uh, yes. Famous libertarian, not a big fan of the United Nations. Mm-hmm. Right? A bunch of his fans had gotten together in years past and created RonPaul.com and RonPaul.org. Mm-hmm. And Ron Paul has gone to the United Nations to sue them for the rights to his namesake web pages. And the United Nations basically said, screw you. Uh, so why would the United Nations have anything to do with Ron Paul's webpage? What do they have to do with webpages, the United Nations? Do they run the web naming things or something? I'm going to read you the story here. This is this is from Mother Jones. You got me thinking about Mother Jones last week. <laughs> and I, I like that, that resource. Uh-huh. In 2008, a group of Ron Paul supporters founded RonPaul.com and Ron Paul fan site, the World Intellectual Property Organization, an agency of the United Na- Nations, is is apparently who you have to go to to get your intellectual property back. And Ron Paul figures his name is his own intellectual property. So the people that owned these websites said, "Look, we'll give you RonPaul.org." But we want to sell you RonPaul.com because it comes with a $250,000 valued mailing list. And Ron Paul said, I don't, I don't want to give you anything. So I'm going to go to the United Nations Intellectual Property Court. And the United Nations Intellectual Property Court said... Respondent has requested, based on evidence presented, that the panel make uh, make a finding of reverse domain name hijacking. In other words, the people that Ron Paul sued in international court sued him back, saying, "You can't have these. We created these web pages. They have real value. the The mailing list alone is worth one hundred and fifty thousand, two hundred fifty thousand dollars." In and then the court writes, "In view of the unique facts of the case." in which the evidence demonstrates that the respondent offered to give the domain name rompal.org to the complainant for no charge with no strings attached, the panel is inclined to agree. Instead of accepting the domain name, the complainant brought this proceeding 
a finding of reverse domain name hijacking seems to this panel to be appropriate. In other words, Ron Paul went to the Supreme, to the international court and said, give me my domain name. And the Supreme Court said, we find you guilty of trying to be a domain name bully. <laughs> and, uh, I thought you just went to GoDaddy. And... <laughs> well, and you can go to the people that have a domain and ask them to sell it. And then, in a, you know, if you're a libertarian, you go to a free market principle of negotiating the value of it, which kind of is what these people wanted. Mm -hmm. But but Ron Paul wanted it for free, even though they had created something in his name, granted, that had actual value. And he didn't want to give them the value that was associated with it. And the court said, you're wrong. Oh, I see. Uh, somebody else made a Ron Paul dot something. Dot com dot org. Yes, two Ron Paul yes. fan club. Ron Paul fan club made two websites, ronpaul.com and ronpaul.org, and they offered to give him ronpaul.org for free, but they wanted the some of the value that they had created in ronpaul.com to be given to them for the work that they'd done. Mm. And Ron Paul said, no, and I'm going to take you to United Nations Court. That's really weird. I didn't know United Nations Court did that. I didn't either. <laughs> Which, you know what the penalty for that is? Uh, I don't know. Nothing. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> which, which maybe proves that Ron Paul is right, that the United Nations is worthless. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, no, that's something I hadn't heard. Yeah, how about that for the news and the weird? <laughs> I'll, I'll give you that one. But right. anything that annoys Ron Paul is good with me, so. That's the way I feel about it as well, and, and Rand Paul even more. <laughs> because he actually can do things. I, I have one more thing to get to, uh, if that's all right with you. Uh, sure. All right. I'm listening to one of my favorite podcasts uh, last week, StuffYouMissedInHistory.com. Hmm. And... They did a story on the Princess Alexandria of Bavaria. Uh, I definitely missed that. Well, I don't know why you would miss this, because this is the famous case about the princess who thought she had swallowed a glass piano. Oh, okay. <laughs> and they went on to talk about all these people who, in the 19th century, used to think that they were made out of glass. And so it got me thinking about and that's a true story, by the way. It got me thinking about weird psychological diseases. Um, by the way, it was very popular for people to think that they were fragile in the 19th century. It was, it was a common complaint to what would pass for psychiatrists in those days. But it doesn't happen anymore. People don't believe that they're made out of glass anymore. But I have a list, if you're interested, of a few of the other uh, weird fears that people have these days. And I thought maybe I'd read the name and you could tell me what they were afraid of. <laughs> okay. Chromonometrophobia. Uh, afraid of gene slicing. Nope. Clocks. Clocks. Chrono. Okay. <laughs> and these are all going to be incredibly difficult, so don't be surprised if you don't get any up right. Um, eleutherophobia, eleutherophobia. 
Uh, afraid of coming in last. Uh, the fear of freedom. And so, how's that? <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> well, it's a good thing I'm not pronouncing them anyhow. Yeah, there, there's an island somewhere in in the Caribbean called Eleuthero, Eleutheria. Anyway. Afraid of what again is that? Freedom. Afraid of freedom. Okay. El- Eleutheria. Uh, I threw out the obvious and easy ones. Oh, so. thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Make me look like a real moron here. No, Go for no, it. No, nobody's going to know these. Sarnassophobia? Sarmassophobia, sorry. Sarmassophobia. Yeah. Uh, afraid of going to Catholic church. Yeah, closer than you think. Fear of love play. Uh. <laughs> it's just the next closest thing to being a Catholic. Okay, if you say so. Batonophobia? Da, 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 da. Afraid of uh, trombones. Right, <laughs> fear of plants. Okay. Why wouldn't you figure that one out from batonophobia? Um, this one you'll get, I bet you. Ballistophobia. Uh, f- well, uh, afraid of uh, flying objects. Yes, fear of missiles. There you go. Very good. Uh, Buffonophobia. Afraid of futons. Uh, fear of toads, of course. Toads. <laughs> uh, you, so far, you got one right. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Textophobia. Oh, afraid of uh, um, um, Twitter. Yep, yep. Turns out that textophobia is the fear of certain fabrics. Oh, all right. <laughs> I like mine better. Yeah, that makes more sense. Um, athagazorophobia. Athagazorophobia. Afraid of math. Ath- <laughs> no. Anyway, it's a fear of being forgotten. Oh, okay. Um, so, moving down the list. Somebody what? spends their time making these up. Right, and if you want to be a psychiatrist, <laughs> you got to learn them all. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I've I found it from like strangefears.com, which who only knows why they they put that up there. But people are no longer afraid of, afraid of becoming glass. Um, this one's fairly obvious. Coinophobia, coinonophobia. Sorry, coinonophobia, spelled with a K. Uh. Afraid of quarters. Uh, fear of rooms, of course. Okay. <laughs> You're not doing that well. <laughs> no, I, I don't think I'll lose any sleep over it, though. And this one I don't think that I will ever come across. Chromatophobia. Well, that sounds a lot like the clocks one, but I guess it's yeah. not. No, it's a fear of money. Oh, fear of money. I was just one off, that's all. <laughs> Pretty close. Uh, Thasophobia. Uh, afraid of girls with fat thighs. <laughs> no. No. It's it's a fear of sitting. Sitting, okay. Kind yeah, of similar. It it actually has a, a little to do with the the people who were afraid that they were made of glass uh, would also not, not want to sit down. And I, I they told a story about one one of these people who thought they were afraid of glass and or thought they were made of glass and the psychiatrist like made a, a bed of hay underneath them and then just like pulled the floor out from under them and had them drop on the ground and they didn't break and they were cured oh well there you go 
<laughs> so I thought that was pretty cool. And there's one more, and if you get this one, I will be dramatically surprised. Spermatophobia. Oh, I don't even want to go there. <laughs> <laughs> it's the fear of germs. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to say something politically incorrect, and I did. Yes, well, and that's why I put it in there. Because... You wanted me to say something politically incorrect. Nice <laughs> <I> guy. <did. laughs> but at the last minute, I decided maybe it would be fair to set you up with something like that. And pull the rug out. <laughs> okay, well, that's your fault, so I think it's time to play the music. All right, I'll see you later. <laughs> Take care. And let's hit the off button. If you can grab a circle in your hands and twist it, that's an A. 